You're listening to a sermon podcast from Paramount Church in Columbus, Ohio. To learn more, visit ParamountColumbus.com. Good morning. Good, you, most of you are awake. This is good. You may fall back to sleep here shortly, but right now you're, you're awake. It's good to see all of you. If you're visiting with us, we're always honored that you have come and given your time and to be a part of our worship service, and we pray that it'll be a, a blessing to you and that you have a way to get to know us and who we are and uh, who Paramount Church is and a little bit of what of all we are about. And so... Um, We are working our way through the book of Galatians, so you can go ahead and turn to chapter 5, and we'll be looking at verses 16 through 26. Galatians 5, 16 through 26. So let me ask you, have you ever, like, taken a walk on the beach, and you had maybe a, a child or somebody behind you, or you may have seen somebody like this when you were at the beach, and the parent may be walking ahead and the child is trying to keep up and put their steps in their, their parent's step. Um, for here, it may be, if you grew up here, it may be snow. You can relate to that a little bit. I thought of the beach because I was raised near the beach. So that popped into my head and then I said, well, half the people won't even know what I'm talking about, maybe, unless they vacationed at the beach. Um, and so here it may be snow, but you would see that that child is, is what is trying to keep in step with that parent and place their foot in that step, their steps. Um, or maybe even better, if you have children or you grew up and you're, you're, one of your parents may have done this, um, you ever put your foot on top of your parents' feet and kind of danced, you know? You just kind of, you get there and you kind of, you place your feet on top of their feet and you kind of hold on and, boy, you just, he's in full control. He is, you know, her, her your mom, whoever's doing this with you. Um, and you're, you're just, we're just enjoying this and they are leading and we're having a good time and we're dancing. We are dancing to the music. So this morning, as you, you've heard, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, this whole passage right here is full. I would say anyone who becomes a Christian, this ought to be Discipleship 101. This ought to be a passage that we run to immediately. Because this is the Christian life. You want to know how and what the Christian life is all about? This right here is where it begins. And this right here is not only where it begins, but it continues on all the days of your life that this is what we are called to. And we talked about missions this morning, and there are those who receive a special call to go to missions. But this is a call for all of us. This is how you come to Christ in the work of the Holy Spirit. But then it continues on that as we walk in the Spirit is what it talks about. It says, like the title of the message we should say is Keeping in Step with the Spirit. So let me read Galatians five sixteen through 26. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the di- desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For those are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I have warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another." 
This is the Christian life. If you're not saved today, you don't know what this is like. Your bent is only to do those things of the flesh. There's, and, and, and let me just also tell you that as a believer, that continues on. But it should not rule you. But when we come and, 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 and Christ comes and we receive the gospel as we have talked about, somebody shares the gospel to us, God does a work in our life by faith. Through grace we are saved, not of ourselves, not of works, but it's a gift of God. And that life continues on by faith, by grace, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, praise God for that. What a, what, a, what a great salvation that he has done. Verse 16. He's going to make this statement, and then he's going to build off of that statement and, and just unfold it of what, what, is, what he is talking about. And I say, this can be either a statement of fact, or this could just be a promise. I'm not sure that it isn't a promise that you should hold on to and cling to and come back to But I say, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What is the flesh? It's that old nature. It's what used to control us. Sometimes it still wants to sneak in and control us. Cause us uh, actions that shouldn't be. Flesh. It's that... Nature is that I that is still in you, that, that in the flesh, that I only wants to seek pleasure in everything else but God. Everything else. That flesh wants nothing to do with God and the things of God. It has a desire to, to receive its satisfaction in His the desires of those and the things that is love is, is, is anything but God. The Spirit was the Spirit of God. This may be weird if you haven't heard much of this teaching before. I think sometimes when we come in here and we talk and we use Bible language, which is all good, but you know, you walk out and you're talking about blood, we're talking about Spirit, we're talking about God, Son, Holy Spirit, Spirit come living in with you. That, that this, this is only scratching the surface to a, a massive, massive study in, in what our lives are to be about. But the Spirit is the Spirit of God that God has sent to us. He comes and He causes salvation to happen, to take place. He causes a new heart, a new life to be birthed in you. So now the, the flesh has been crucified, and yet it's not totally gone. We all know, but it has been defeated. It does not rule us. And yet then the Holy Spirit comes into us, and then we are now to walk in the power of this Spirit. It dwells in us. You heard the verses in Romans 8 this morning, and it is Christ also is in us. The Spirit of God is in us. God Himself is, the whole Trinity is taking place right here in us. And we are to walk in that. If I were to ask you this morning, are you walking in the Spirit? I always do this every once in a while. I'd see the ones that are smiling. We're almost, we almost don't want to say yes. It's almost boastful, seemingly prideful. It's, it's absolutely essential. I hope you will be encouraged and and challenged that we will all leave here moving more in that direction, more and more and more, and you'll see why. Now, if you want to do that and you set your heart to do that, let me just tell you, you're going to have conflict. Verse 17, what does he say? For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. That's real. That is life right there for a Christian. You set your heart towards the things of God, they're in the flesh. Nothing in the flesh wants to go with you and do that. 
He don't have a choice because he's been defeated. It's still alive. It hasn't been mortally defeated. One day it will, and that will be the glories of heaven. To never have sin ever again is just unbelievable. Can't even imagine what that would be like. To live in that kind of life and setting and walking with God. But right now, you set your heart towards the things of the Lord, and you say, wow, this is happening, I'm struggling with this, flesh is rising up. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. They're opposed to each other. They're at war with one another. They're repugnant towards each other, like a skunk. Is that repugnant to you? I had a friend back home because I have to ask. He loved to smell skunk. I don't know what the deal was, but so that wouldn't have worked for him. My dogs got dusted by a skunk here about two months ago. And I mean, just lightly dusted. And it was horrendous. Coming in the house and I'm like, holy smoke, what in the world? They didn't even get direct spray. But you could smell it all over my backyard. And that's what it's like for the flesh and the spirit, man. It's, they're repugnant to one another. And it's going to be a battle. It is a war. But it's a battle you can win every time. We may not do as well sometimes as others. But bless God, you had the spirit of God, the spirit that you heard that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That's what's living in you. Christ himself in you. There's nothing. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. There's nothing that can defeat us. Oh, we may die. We may suffer. But all in the will of God. And him giving us the power. And by that spirit, we can do it in ways that will be Totally contrary to what the world would see. Expect it. You should expect this to happen. The flesh produces this kind of desires. And don't get caught up in reading that and going, well, I'm doing pretty good. I haven't gone to a lot of the sexual implications that you talked about uh, in the scriptures. Don't get into it because there's, there's, there's at least one in there for you Amen. <laughs> that comes in. You know, and that's what the flesh produces in us. And apart from the Spirit, let me just tell you, you're capable of doing every single one of those. Don't kid yourself. The Spirit produces another kind of works or fruit that He, that he says there. Verse 18. This, this message doesn't have your fine three points, three applications. We're going to walk through the scriptures, then we're going to have one massive application at the end. So, just be forewarned. And add an emphasis in verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. We're, we're being led by by the Spirit. It's that walk on the beach. It's that dance that we have. It is a lot for us in, in the description of giving up control. You step on top of those two feet and you're going where those two feet are going. And control for us is a, is a big struggle. It's where the Spirit comes in and it helps us. And we, we, will, we will get to the point in this message where I'm going to try to be very practical. Here, here's some steps that you can take. To say, this is what it's like to walk in the Spirit. You ask somebody and you'll find a lot of people have trouble just defining what is that? What does it look like? That's why I say it should be 101. Because this is our life and it's victory. We are being led by the Spirit. We are walking in the Spirit. It's like an added emphasis to be led by the Spirit of God. That is our life we are to be, and this is, is all done through grace. Verse 19 and 21. These are the works of the flesh that you see that we talked about comes with a severe warning. 
if you work down through it, and, and he gets through the list, and he ends. And even in the list, if you, you, you're trying to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I've got most of this under control. I have a couple things to work on. And the things like these. So this is, the list is not to be like conclusive. It's just trying to show you. Recognize, when you examine your life in the Lord, this is what the flesh looks like. This is what the Spirit looks like. What do I look like? What, what is... What is my life look like? And what is, where is the work that needs to be done? He gives a great warning, a strong warning. He says, I warn you again as I warned you before. This is not the first time. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We do not like that language. None of us care for that language. None of us are here to decide who's saved or lost. And it's not that you just do these. That word in there, do, is more like in the NAS, uh, I think it translated as practice. This is your lifestyle. I've done a lot of counseling. I've been in church a long time. And I've seen a couple of cases where I would, if you're going to make a call on somebody, which I can't, but their practice had been for years and years and years, yet they showed up at church and were at some events. And they were very regular at church. But the rest of their life was this and this and this, and at some point, you just have to say, I don't think that you're saved. Your practice is to live in the flesh. Every once in a while, you want to come over here, maybe by works or trying to do something to please God. You know, you'll, I'll show up at church. I'll be faithful. I'll get involved. But everything else, if you go with them the rest of the time of their life and every day, 724, it's flesh, flesh, flesh. You better work out your salvation with fear and trembling. At least that's what I got for you. Because right here, God says, if that's your practice, no. That's a strong statement. I know it's hard because I know parents, kids grow up. And then there becomes, it's like, there's no evidence. There's no things of the Lord being around God's people. I'm not trying to say they're lost, but boy, you better, you better repent. Because here's how we're supposed to walk. And if you have no taste for it, man, I'm really concerned. And it's like, I want you to be saved more than everything. So probably I'm going to approach you with the gospel. And I want to encourage you. You sure you've come to Christ? You understand what it means to be saved and have the Holy Spirit living in you? Then you should be different. And maybe you didn't learn this. Here, let me help you learn this because this is, this is what Christians are. This is how we are to live. Why is this so important? Or here's something for you. Let me just also say as we look at this and those who are Christians, Christians are not people who don't have, have evil thoughts, sinful desires. Christians, Christians have evil thoughts. Christians have sinful desires. I could ask for a, t- a witness there too. We know, right? We know that flesh has not been mortally taken away. It's been wounded severely. It's been rendered powerless. It's almost like we have to go over there and pick it up and put it on. Christians are ones who wage war against those sinful desires, those evil thoughts. That's the difference. And you do that by walking in the Spirit of God. This is important. Why? 
For the mind that is set on the flesh, you heard this in Romans 8 earlier this morning, it is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. If we're in the flesh, we're not pleasing God. There's some immediate work that needs to be done. You need to recognize that. This is a constant challenge in our lives. But there is victory. There is power that is in us that makes this possible. We last week talked about this some in our ABF time in John 15, 4 through 5. Abide in me and I in you as the branches cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, Jesus is saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, I in him, he's in me. He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. You believe that? I don't think so. There's a lot of my life I don't believe that. I got this. I'm doing good. Law and gospel, you've been hearing it preached for four chapters. I got this. I run off. Next thing you know, the flesh is welling up in me and I'm walking in the Spirit. It's, it's a challenge. It's important because there again, that strong scripture, this is the kind of scripture I like. I don't like the ones where somebody's going to say, hey, 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 I do like them. I shouldn't say that. But, but the other guys around here have more education than I and can bring the language into bear and give you a better explanation about the, what the scriptures are. But these right here that are black and white, you don't do this, you do this. You walk in the spirit, you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. I got that. I got that. I can understand that. I want you to understand that. He also gives warnings like, look, if you are doing this, you're not pleasing to God. It's serious. It's serious. So, I want us to get to where those are the things that we are doing, right? In verse 22 and 24, he says, if we walk by the Spirit or led by the Spirit, these are the fruits of the Spirit. Most of you can probably quote these. So as you look at your life and you're saying, hey, here's what the flesh looks like. This is what the spirit looks like. And all we're doing is walking. And in this, I think it doesn't hurt. It's not wrong. But we don't have to pray for patience. You can. And in some sense, I'd encourage you to pray for patience. But if you'll walk in the spirit, he will produce this in us. Right? All of those things. And what you see there, he starts with what? What's the first fruit of the Spirit? Yeah, go a little bit louder. It's okay. There you go. Oh, starting there in love. He gives us a love for what? For God, for himself, for the things of the Lord, for the things of, of people. A love that is what? Like Jesus Christ. What do you see when you see God's love demonstrated for us? Sending his son down and we're celebrating the child's birth who's coming to be the wrath of God poured out on him for my sin, for your sin, so that you can have this free gift of salvation. He made the payment on the cross. And that's why we talk about the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And God cleanses us and gives us his spirit. He didn't even call this. He we talked last week in John. He's telling, he's telling the disciples, I'm getting ready to leave you. I can't imagine. I would have thought there had been great sorrow and grief in that. To have walked with Jesus for two and a half, three and a half years, it just, and then he's going to leave? Like, dude, you're, you're like the best. And he said, no, 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 don't worry. I'm not going to leave you orphan. What are you doing? I'm going to send the Spirit of God. And he's now going to, it's not going to just me be with limited this one body. I'm going to be now in all of you. And he produces the love of Christ, that same love that, that drove him to the cross for the joy that was set before him. The second fruit. This is what it looks like. You want to know if you're walking in the Spirit? 
We're going to talk about the practicalities of it. But this is what it looks like. And you start to see, I'm patient. I'm driving. I don't do well at driving. That's why I would say I probably pray for patience. But I'm going to walk in the Spirit and produce this in me. These people in front of me. Ugh. They're fruits of the Spirit. There aren't things that we work up in ourselves. Okay, I'm going to be more patient. I'm going to be more kind. No, 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 no. I'm going to be more walking in the Spirit. Oh, I'm going to fellowship with God in such a way that this just starts happening. And I look and like, what in the world? I was like kind. Like, I didn't get angry. Yeah. That's what the Spirit does. It comes in and produces those things in us. Why? We're all being sanctified. We're all being brought into Christ. We're here to be just like Christ. And He's given us the ability to do that. These are the fruits of the Spirit. All right. I want to spend time on how do you do this? How do you do this? And this is not an exhaustive list by any imagination. I hope that they will be helps to you. I'm going to give you five. This is our application. And there are not going to be any slides. They're going to be really short. You can do this. How do we keep in step with the Spirit? How do we have a life that just always wants to put our feet on His feet? Want to embrace Him? Find our greatest satisfaction in that relationship. It's relationship, relationship, relationship. I don't do this just so that I'll be patient and kind. I do this because it pleases God. You know, I find great satisfaction in knowing God's pleased. First one. Write down whichever word you want. Admit. Agree. Acknowledge. Maybe confess. Acknowledge from our hearts we are helpless to do good apart from the enablement of the Holy Spirit. You need to acknowledge from our hearts we are helpless to do good apart from the enablement of the Holy Spirit. Romans 7.18 For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is, in my flesh, for I have the desires to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. We can't do this. This is all a work of the Holy Spirit. That's why this is so crucial for especially a brand new baby Christian to learn this. Because he's going to want to do what? Get rid of the outward things of the flesh. You see somebody who really gets saved out of sin? We're all saved completely out of sin, but you've got some that's lived longer. And they have more fleshly things in their life. And immediately they start getting convicted by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's dwelling in there and going, these things are going to go. And he's going to be gracious in the way that he does it. But they immediately start trying to get rid of the, the, the outward things. The way that they talk. The, the lifestyle. The, just the different things. Habits. Addictions. Those are the things that happen. We have no ability to do those things apart from the Spirit. 1st step keep in step with the spirit admit this fact why because it has a very crushing effect on our pride which rules a lot of our life i said earlier going most of the time i got, i got this and that is about as prideful as you can get you have about as much control in the next hour of like, like absolutely could go to nothing. And he wants us to live in our lives where we are resting, resting, walking, God using, using power in us. We've talked a lot about missions and proclaiming the gospel this morning. 
being controlled by the Spirit. And it starts with us as I go and start my morning. This is some, this is some added details to, to last week's message where it says, Saturate yourself in the gospel. When you get up in the morning, we say what? Preach the gospel to yourself. This is what it is. The gospel all comes because of what the Holy Spirit does. This is practical. This is something else you do. If you're doing this while you're looking at yourself in the mirror or you're having your quiet time, this day I need to recognize, man, I can do nothing apart from you except by the enabling of the Holy Spirit. We don't believe that. We are not desperate. For the Holy Spirit, I am not. Let me speak for myself. I find myself not desperate for the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm glad that He's there. I'm glad Christ lives in me. And when things go south, I will cry out. Learning to live and say, man, I crucify myself daily. There's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Walking in that. That's what He's talking about. And this is who we are. Not just every once in a while, not on high times. He wants this. God longs for this fellowship all the time. All the time. Why? What did you talk about this morning, Avia? Because he's on a mission. He's on a mission. And we're a part of that mission. How are you going to know if you're called if you're not walking in the Spirit and walking with God and he's guiding your steps? Matter of fact, I'm just longing for the ride. Let's go. That's how you end up saying yes to leaving your family and leaving your kids and grandkids. And they were talking about somebody the other night that the man was been preaching in church for 20 years and went to the other side of the world and left all of his family and grandkids and his missionary. Only God would do something like that. That's not natural. Crush our pride. We cannot do anything pleasing to God without the constant enabling of the Holy Spirit. James 4, 5, and 6, what does he say? Here's, here's, or do you suppose that it is no purpose that the Scripture says he yearns jealously over the Spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace? Therefore it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. This is humility. This is the fruit of, 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 of humility and that, that the work that God does in us. So I don't want to surrender control. Matter of fact, when things go out of control is when we get what? Anxious, fearful. That's not from the Spirit. It's not. Those kind of things should immediately drive you to the Spirit of God who lives in you. Christ Jesus, who lives in you, who is guaranteeing our eternity. We will not miss eternity. It's secured by the Holy Spirit, the ceiling that He's put on us. Oh man, to walk in this with joy and love and see these fruits start to produce in us you don't want God opposing you. If you don't hear anything else, it'd be good to say, hey, let me kill my pride because God opposes the proud. That's not a good spot to be in. You're just not going to win. I may not know much. and You may come ask me a question because I have gray hair. And I hope to give you good godly wisdom, but that's a good one. You remain prideful, you're going to lose. It just don't work. He doesn't want that. What does he want? that relationship that I love and I cannot do anything apart from him. Go work in me. You will do things in me I can't even imagine that you would do. And I'm afraid he's going to take me somewhere where I don't want to go. Or he's going to make me say something to somebody and I'm going to have to share the gospel. How could we not? How could we not? Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Two, pray in the Word of God. I'm not going to spend much time on the Word of God, but you've got to have the Word of God to know these things. You have to, to, to read and memorize and meditate on the Word of God. 
You cannot. You won't even know who God is or you'll create a Christianity that's not biblical. That's why we have to stay in the word. But in this, as you're asking and we're looking to try to walk in the spirit more and more and grow in this process by the power of the Holy Spirit, you pray. Be overcome with a new and strong desire for God and his ways. Ask God to put that into your heart. Continue to grow that in your heart. Pray, cry out. Because here's the other thing, you know, by reading the scripture in Philippians 2.13, God is at work in his children. It's God who works in you. Both to will and to do and to work for his good pleasure. He's, he's, he is working in us. Almost even sometimes when we're not walking in the Spirit. He's still working. Why? Because He will draw you back by His Spirit. I won't come back on my own. Not as my flesh is ruling me and desire is ruling me. I won't do it. But even in the times where I'm not yearning and, and, and turning as fast as I could. or and, and, and This also brings like what Rush was talking about before. It's like this is a constant life of repentance. Is it not? You see. He's very generous. You have to pray. We always challenge each other and we're fearful, we're fearful to say, hey, you need to do this every day. You need to do this every day. And if you fail, it's okay. The Holy Spirit of God is there. He's not condemning you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Ha oh, man, we just run back to this sweet fellowship of God Almighty Himself. Yeah, praise God. Pray. You, you just keep going and you're relentless. You're relentless in the pursuit of learning and growing and walking in the Spirit of God. Make me sensitive. Soon as flesh wants to rise up, man, I recognize it. It pops in my heart and I respond to it. I want to be able to listen to the still small voice of God. I don't want to have to have him say, hey, Kevin, hello, what are you doing? You want to hear him say, hey, that's not me. Come on. That's the spirit working in you. That's the spirit applying grace to your life constantly. We talk about it. Grace. Needing grace every day, every moment. That's what the Spirit of God does. He works in us grace. Grace is the power to do this. Be, unre be just unrelentless. Pursuing so that I find my satisfaction in God. Above all else. Above everything. That is what is in me. That is a love that God would work in me. Trust. Walking in the Spirit is, is trusting the things that you know and what Scripture tells us and who God is. It's faith. We talk about, you, we are to be walking by faith. I'm not sure that we totally understand it. This is what it is. To walk in the Spirit is to be walking by faith. It is faith in doing what God said He's going to do. That this has all happened. That I truly believe this. This is not like blind steps. I know this is what he's going to do. It's telling me in the scriptures that I read. This is the faith that we have. It's the same way that when we come to Christ and we got saved, right? The Spirit comes. He gives us faith. He gives us grace. And he saves us by that grace. It's the same way every day from then forward. That is it. We walk by faith in the Spirit of God who is working in me. By this power of the Holy Spirit who has the power to raise Christ from the dead. The only person that's ever been raised from the dead. And he is alive. He lives in me. He lives and sits by the Father. And he makes intercession for me. It's all working. And I'm getting to be a part of it. And I'm getting better at being a part of it. Just by trusting. By faith. I'm not working all this up. But it's, I pursue God and I love him. And his spirit in me. It's evidence of my salvation. Is producing in me and starts producing these fruits by faith, grace, spirit controlling us. Romans 6, 11 through 14. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey its passions. 
Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law but under grace. The Holy Spirit is putting that, giving you that grace, lavishing grace on us over and over and over. Trust, faith, walk. Pray for undoubting faith. God, do this. Work this sanctification in me. We know He is sanctifying us. Scripture tells us. You're justified. You're sanctified. You will eventually be glorified. God is at work. Get in. One word of caution. As you start doing this, in the Holy Spirit, and you're walking, and He's working, and He's making changes, and He's rooting these things out of my life, and flesh is, is being destroyed, and I'm walking in the Spirit, and then you long for some things that are continually to pop up, and they're more fleshly, and you're saying, why does this keep happening? Why, is it, why didn't He take this away? I don't know. Nobody knows. Why does he rid one man of being addicted to alcohol overnight and another one will struggle all the days of his life here on earth? I I don't know. That's the work of the Lord. Don't get discouraged because your timing and the Holy Spirit's timing are not the same. Okay? Know that because it's going to happen. There's things that he's going to work at a little bit harder and a little bit harder. Suffering comes, right? What is he doing? Man, he is refining us. And when that suffering comes, we recognize the things that are not like Christ. We recognize these aren't fruits of the Spirit. And he longs for us in those even in suffering. We talked this morning about those who suffer, who are martyred for the faith. How do you do that? The Holy Spirit of God. You're never going to do that. Fourth, walk. Start walking. This is active. I want you to recognize this is the fourth step. The other first three are crucial to begin walking. We're meeting those things. We're starting to learn what it means for the Holy Spirit to control us and give us grace to do those things. Walk. 1 Corinthians, by grace of God, I walk. 1 Corinthians 15.10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. The grace of God that is with me. Holy Spirit. Grace. You want to know where grace comes from? Obviously, they're all involved, but the Holy Spirit that lives within you is constantly giving you grace. As He says, come, walk, go this way. Grace. Grace. Yet He works as hard. That's that, that, that conflict. We don't want to be legalistic, but no. We, you're going to work at this. Remember, there's a war going on. There's also a chapter in Ephesians where it talks about put on the armor of God. Hello. This just doesn't happen without effort. God is at work in you. Walk. I I hope that we will be encouraged. And and then he told us early in, in Galatians 2, 20 we know we already quoted some of that i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ who lives in me and the life i now live in the flesh i live by faith in the son of god back to we're walking by faith in the things and the promises that we know in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me i do not nullify the grace of god for if justification were though through the law then christ died for no purpose He talks about this in Galatians 3. I'm not going to take the time. I'm going to wrap up. Well, one more. 
1 Peter 4.11, Let him who serves serve in the strength which God supplies, that in everything God may get the glory, and glory be to God. That's life. It's walking in the Spirit. Walk. Walk. Fifth, thanksgiving to God. If you see any good coming in you, you cry and you thank God with everything you have in you. And may it encourage you that you're starting to see this is the Spirit. He's working in me. I'm not even sure I knew what I was doing, but I'm walking in the Spirit. You'll grow more and more to that recognition and to that, that relationship. And as we walk together and He's given me grace and God is at work in me. It's an amazing thing that we're talking about. It's hard to do in a short window. This is so hard. Grasp this. Get this. Those who are in groups, men who are studying together, put this on your list next. How are we going to walk in the Spirit? And let's encourage one another to do this. God's power will be demonstrated in all of us. God's power will be demonstrated in this church. The people will leave and go and sacrifice for the sake of the gospel. I had something that came through desiring God here about a month or so ago. And, and, and men, be men. And he's talking about living for something that's worth dying for. We have taken men down. Who a man's supposed to be. I want a man who is controlled by the power of God and he's leading and he's loving his wife and his family and his children. And if he's single, he's giving his time or she. But mostly men right now, I'm talking to you. This church will not go any further than the men that will lead it. We need to be walking by the Spirit. I need to be walking by the Spirit. I see my flesh rise up in me. I've been at this a long time. And I hate those things. I had this desire. I don't want to grow up and be a grumpy old man. And I can do that. <laughs> Apart from the Spirit of God, that's what I realize. I will do that. You get very opinionated. You see things changing. I've watched it go before me. And you see some of us going, this is not moving us towards the things of the Lord. The world is coming into the church and impacting the church. And our desires, what are your desires? You teach your children to walk in the Spirit, they will have recognized going when they grow up and they start to understand this. Oh, I know what that means. My mama and daddy were just like that. Thank God for anything you see good where the Holy Spirit is working in you. Thank Him and ask Him, do it more and more and more. And keep going back and confessing. I can do nothing apart from the Holy Spirit because your pride's going to want to rise up in you. Humble yourself. Thank Him. Humble yourself. Thank Him. Walk. Man, grow this relationship in one another. If we live by the Spirit, then let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Thanks be to God. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to pray the prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians as we close. And I want you to listen and you hear this same kind of language. And him praying this for the believers. Let's pray together. God, we come to you and we're grateful for this time and for your word. We're especially thankful for your Holy Spirit who does work in us. And we won't pray this same prayer as Paul prayed for the Ephesians. And he says, Now unto him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. So much more you long and can do and will do 
beyond what we ask or think. According to the power at work in us, your Holy Spirit, as we know, to Him and Christ who is also in us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. God, work in us. Help us. We can do this only by your spirit and by your power. So many things to, to talk about and to do. There's just there's some little helps that some of these may helps, help one of us, all of us, to grow in our walk with you and our love and our affections towards you. Others would see that. This mission would go forth. I pray for those who are suffering as we talked about missions. I pray for little children as we prayed last night and knowing that, that they're separated from their mom. I, I, I want to pray and I'm hesitant, but I want to be bold. And Pastor Rush mentioned in, in, in one of his messages, praying big, bold, bright prayers. I want to pray, pray hard that these, these babies that are, are experiencing illness, that you would heal them. You can do this. And we're coming with boldness and asking you to heal these children. We know you may not. We may not understand, but you will show your will. And if this is not your will, we will understand it. But we ask that you would demonstrate your greatness, that this would strengthen us as we pray for those folks. For a mom who can't be with her newborn child. Oh, heal that baby supernaturally. I don't care where they are. Can't imagine. Help us. As we pray and we walk with you, oh, what we're missing out on. God, create a hunger in us that we've never known before. Thank you for your great love. You have demonstrated such an unbelievable love that you sent your son to die for people who hated you, who are your enemies. Forgive us as you have. And may somebody that sits here today that doesn't know that, that they would ask that someone would share and just bring them to Jesus. Lord, we love you. Thank you for saving us. In your name we pray. Amen.